It is good to be able to gather together this morning. The, the privilege that we have, I think, if nothing else, these last few months have taught us what a privilege it is to, to be together, to, to be connected in this way. Um, we are continuing this morning in our, in our series that we started last week, really just, we're just walking through, not just walking through, the, we have a privilege of walking through the book of Ephesians, walking through and looking and listening, saying, what is it that, that the Apostle Paul, as God was inspiring him to write to this young church in Ephesus, what was it that, that as he speaks to them, as we lean in and listen, what is it that we can learn um, about what, what life could look like now as we, as we seek to live out faithfully the, the, the path that God has laid out for us? Um, and the theme, one of the things that, that, that emerges as, this, as the, the, the letter to the Ephesian church is, is, is kind of like un, unwrap, un, is unveiled is um, this idea that there are stories and that our stories matter, that the way that we understand our stories matter. Uh, there's a prevailing thought that, that maybe we just for us to have as a foundation as we, as we get ready to, uh, to, to dig into this particular part of, of Scripture, to, to have this understanding that, that stories matter. Right? Not just that we have stories, not just that, that we have a sense of, like maybe other people have stories, but, but that the way we understand our stories actually impacts how we live. Right? So when we look at our own lives, we look at the journeys that we've walked, the, we look at the, at the things that have happened to us and the things that we've done, both good and bad and all those kinds of things, and, and it becomes this, this story. Right? And the way that we understand that story, the lens that we look through our stories, the way that we look at the world, the way that we make sense of things by, by the stories that we, that we remember and that we remind ourselves of, the stories literally shape the way we live our lives. So when it comes to story, and this is where it's, 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 it's beautiful to see the way Paul leverages his story to help the Ephesian church understand their stories, and then we lean in and listen, and we can hear his story, and then we see their story played out, and we look at our stories, and we start to understand maybe something more of what, um, what God's trying to do. I think when we, when we think of our own stories, um, we tend to uh, we tend to have a fairly narrow view of what's happening, right? We have this like, very short-sighted, it's, it's what's right in front of us, what, what is it that we can immediately perceive, what's our immediate circumstances, and then we, we take that immediate reality and, and kind of like extend that and make that the entire story. Um, last fall, in October, my parents flew up uh, to visit us in Alaska, right? To, to come up for the first time, they had never been to Alaska, and so they flew into Anchorage, and we drove up to pick them up. And the whole time we're driving up, the, the clouds are building, right? And we're like, oh, man, there's the most, one of the most beautiful drives that, that anyone could ever take is like between here and Anchorage. And my parents are coming to Alaska. We want them to experience like the, the fullness of, of not just like we love the, this church and the people that we're part of, but we're also in a beautiful setting. And so we're driving, we get to Anchorage, and, and the clouds have just settled in on, you know, on, on, the, on the road and on the mountains and all those things. And, and so... We pick them up, and we're, we're driving back towards the peninsula. And um, my dad is looking out the window, and he says, wow, this really reminds me of, like, of Tennessee, which is kind of like the, the, the rolling hills. And, the, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Right? I mean, it's like, like, he's like, you know, like, just like the tree-lined road and, and just like, you know, just the, and I'm like, if you could see here, right? Because it's like, there are like mountains and water and all these kinds of things that are happening. And it's like, and he is perceiving, because he's never been here before, he's perceiving like this like narrow view, just like the like 10 feet on each side of the, of the, of the two-lane road, right? And it's like, if you could just see how epic it is on either, on either side of what's actually happening. And, it, and we look at our stories, right? So just kind of like hold on to that understanding. Because it, 
Because we, we look at our stories, we look at those moments, we look at what we can immediately perceive, and we miss that there are all sorts of things beyond the fog, right? All sorts of things that, that we can't always perceive. It's like we're, we're driving, and it's like this feels like Tennessee, when it's like, actually, it's more like, you know, Middle Earth, as my kids say, or like something like this. It's like, it's unbelievable. And um, we have that lens, right? We have that tendency. It's like we can even know it, right? So, like, we can even know that the story is bigger, that there's more going on than we can perceive, and, and we can still catch ourselves or, or just fall into this process where we're just looking at this, this very, very narrow picture of what the story actually is. And that's what Paul is writing to as he's, as, as he's writing to the Ephesian church. It's, he's, he's helping them understand that, that the way that we perceive stories, the way that we, we maybe even have a narrow, narrow view of that, actually does impact the way that we, the way that we move forward. And so the, the, the tensions as we approach this text, just to, to, to lay out the, the human condition as we, as we get ready to listen to what Paul's saying, we need to remind ourselves and remember what it is that, that we bring to understanding what he's saying. So when we, when we have that narrow view, right, when we have that, I, can, I can't see past the clouds, and maybe for some of us we've forgotten what's on the other side of those things, or we're just having this very narrow view, we, we lose our sense of connection, right? We lose our sense of connection, and in some ways we, we maybe can, we, we lose that in a historical sense where we can listen to the stories that are, that are contained in Scripture. We can, we can read what God has done in the past, or we can hear stories of how God has worked in the past and, and somehow not connect that with with now, right? That, that God worked then and God did extraordinary things then and God moved powerfully then that he, he healed people and, 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 and did things that, that were extraordinary then but we, but we fail to make the connection with now, right? That the same God who did the things that we, that we read in Scripture is the same God that's at work in and through our lives now. We lose our sense of connection. Maybe it's a, not historical but it's relational, and we start to think that our story is, is just our story, right? We've got these blinders, and we're looking just at what's in front of us, and we, and we say there's like, there's like no connection with, with anybody else's story. There's no connection with, with, with what anybody else is going through, that our stories are so unique, that our experiences are so unique, that, that we just can't imagine a connection with others, or maybe we can't imagine that our story could be useful to others. We see this in our small groups. We start to talk about what God is teaching us. We start to talk about the journeys that we've walked. And there's this powerful moment in a small group where, where someone says, I, I thought I was the only one. Right? Have you been in small groups like that where it's like, I thought I was the only one that had experienced that? Or I didn't realize that other people had that same tension that, that existed in their lives. That we lose our sense of connection. We have the narrow view of our story. We, we lose the, 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 the historical, the relational um, or maybe that we just have lost the, the human connection in the story that, that as God has worked throughout history, throughout, throughout the world, that he has worked through human beings, right? That he, he does his work through people just like us. And when we have this narrow view, when we have this kind of like this, 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 this very focused view of, of our stories, we miss the connection. Or maybe it's that we've, we've lost our sense of purpose, Right? We've lost our sense that, that, that what is happening and the things that we're walking through and the things that we're going through have a purpose, that, that, that God is, is working in and through the, the circumstances that we're, that we're living out our lives in. When we know this diagnostically, we, we can figure out that we're, that we're missing this piece of it. We're, we're losing our sense of purpose when, when, we look at, when we look at our circumstances, when we look at our lives and we just see everything that's coming our way as just it's just things that are happening to us that, that it's like, well, this just happened to me and this just happened to me. And I just experienced this and, and this is what I'm going through in this, at, the, at this moment. And, and we look and when we sit back, it's like 
we're just living our life in fragments, or just little pieces that don't seem to have any connection with anything else, that, that we experience life in fragments when there is a whole story, right? When there's a bigger story, when, when all the pieces actually do fit together in, in some sort of way that maybe we can't yet perceive. And so we have, have, have lost our sense of purpose when we, when we have the narrow, kind of limited view of our stories. And it could be that maybe that we've lost our sense of scale or we lose our sense of scale, which means that we, we lose sight of what's big, what's big and what's small. Right? We lose sight of, 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 the, of the scale of, of, of stories. And so we can look at our moments. We can look at our circumstances. We can look at the things that we're facing, our, our specific moment, our story, and it seems so big. Right? And we can look at this and it's like, I can't imagine that there's anything else that's, that's bigger than this, that there's any other circumstance or anything else that, that anybody has ever faced that, that's as big as what this is. We take these things that, that maybe are a, a piece of or a step of in our story and our step in our journey and, and we make them seem so big. Or maybe we, we take our stories and we look at our lives and we look at, at, at just the, the, the road that we've walked and we're, we're looking, well, how could God do anything significant through me? Right? My story just seems so small. My story just seems so insignificant and, and so insignificant. So we look at this and it's like we have no sense of scale. We've lost our sense of scale that there are little stories and there's a big story that we're a part of and, and trying to understand that. And so it's with all of that kind of tension, with all of that that's, that's happening, Paul is writing to this church in Ephesus. This church, if you look in, the, in, in Acts 19 at some point to just kind of give the, get the background of, of the birth of the Ephesian church, what you're going to see is chaos. What you're going to see is persecution. You're going to see these, 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 these people trying to live out and understand what it looks like to follow after Jesus in a, in a world that, that is just utterly chaotic that the church in Ephesus, this, this little gathering of people who were seeking to live in the Jesus way, were, were both birthed in and into chaos. Right? There was rioting at the very beginning of their story that, that as they began to, to follow after Jesus, that, that things became chaotic, that, 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 the, that the community pushed back and religious leaders pushed back and people got political with the, with the whole situation. And, and, and as they sought to worship and, and, and follow after God, that that the world just kind of like pressed in around them and from all different kinds of angles, and it became this chaotic birth story of this church. And then Paul, now writing to this church, he's in prison and writing to this church and, and seeking to encourage them, seeking to, to, to give them a sense of, of scale and to, to help them maybe see past the clouds and that the, 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 their immediate circumstances are given them. That through all the suffering and all the struggle that, that even shows up in Paul's story, he says, let's... Let's remember the story, right? Let's remember that there is this light that shone through for Paul that, that gave him a new direction that helped him understand what, what he was supposed to do as, as, as God called him to, a, to the right path. So now he's talking to this church in Ephesus saying, let's, let's talk about our stories. Let's talk about the way, that, the way that our stories become our story and that they're part of a bigger story. And, and as we understand what the way forward is, let's understand what, like really what has, has transpired that has brought us to this moment. And so in Ephesians chapter 3, starting at the beginning, Paul begins to, to speak to this, this church and, and, and begins to, to describe the, the prayer that he's praying over them. And he says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. And then there's this like dot, dot, dot thing that, 
he, he, he jumps to a different thought as he's remembering this Ephesian church, as he's remembering what, what has happened in their lives and the story of the birth of this church and, and all the layers and tension and, and chaos that was part of that. Now he's seeing this church that's, that's seeking to live faithfully out the, the, the road that's marked before them. That as Paul is writing this letter, he, he starts this thought that then his mind jumps to who he's talking to. He starts to think not just about the, 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 the prayer and the, and the thing that he's trying to communicate. He says, for the sake of you Gentiles, for the sake of this gathered body who would have felt like they were outsiders, who, would have, who have not felt like they, they would have fit in both inside the church and in the community around them, that, that as he writes those words, he, he begins to unpack what he really means by this. He says, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation as I've already written briefly. Paul is talking about this, this, this moment where God showed him with clarity the, the reality of the way that, that these people who, who, who seemed like, and maybe even in his mind, in the mind of some of the other early, early followers of Jesus and the early church leaders, should have been on the outside, right? Because Jesus and the, and the, and the Jewish people and, and Israel and all those things were connected. And then they realized that over time that, that the story was much, much bigger. That God was inviting the, the, the world into relationship with him. That he was both reconciling his, his people historically and, and his people kind of like in, in the world and, and, and bringing those together. That Paul is talking about this mystery, that this word that shows up throughout the book of Ephesians, this letter that he's writing. And, and it's this, this idea that's a mysterious, it's not a puzzle. This is not Paul trying to figure out how he, how he solves this thing, this, this mystery that was made known. It wasn't this, this, this situation that if he could just get all the information and, and put something together logically, that, that he would have solved the great riddle of their time. But he says, this mystery was made known to me by revelation. That it, that it wasn't a puzzle that Paul was supposed to solve, but it was this, this, this military term, right? this mysterion. This was the actual battle plan, that one that would change the, the course of the fight that was in front of them, that this, this term that would have been used to, to say, so, so there was this, this published maybe battle plan that lots of people would have been aware of. And then there's like the secret plan that's going to break everything open, that's going to give victory, that's going to change the, 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 the trajectory of the battle. And only a few know that. And then, the, then that plan is, is laid open in front of it just the right time is laid in front of the people that can put that into action. That Paul says, this mystery, this mysterion was, was made known to me by revelation that, that God gave me a glimpse into the, to his actual plan that, that it's not just this, this narrow view of, of, of who's in and who's out, but this broader sense that the mission of God is bigger than, was, than they had ever imagined up to this point. He says, so God has, has shown me. So as he's beginning this prayer, that'll be picked up in, in verse 14, but he, he's beginning this prayer and he's, he's praying and, and speaking his prayer over people and he says, but let me, under, let me help you understand your story. Let me help you understand my story and how our stories are, are intertwined. He says, in reading this, verse four, in reading this then, you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations that has, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. That, that he's saying that, that if you had, as we talked about last week, the context of, of the Ephesian church, they would have felt like outsiders. They would have felt like they were alone. They, they would have, because of their circumstances and persecution, felt like they didn't really belong or fit anywhere. And Paul's saying there is this plan that God has had that, that was to bring you in, that was, that was to, 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 to make you part of his family. And other generations maybe haven't gotten it yet. And maybe there's people still in the church and people around that, that still don't get this. 
They said it's been revealed by God's Holy Spirit to the apostles and to the prophets that, that God is on the move, that God is revealing himself in this way. And then Paul, if he's been talking in what feels like an abstract kind of term, he's using this military term to, to describe something that, that's, that's, that's theological and, 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 and matters to people, then he says, let me just make it very, very clear. Verse 6, he says, the, the, the mystery is, is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Right, he has been building up to this moment as he's writing this letter, this, this encouragement letter. He's writing from prison to people who are experiencing persecution and chaos and, and all sorts of things. He says, don't forget that the story that the story is bigger maybe than what people can perceive, than what you can perceive, that, that there's purpose, that, 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 that there's, a, there's an actual scale of, of stories and maybe what you're experiencing isn't as big as what you think because, because there's a bigger thing that's been happening. It says, the mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, right? which is extraordinarily good news for people who weren't part of Israel, right? who, who, who were on the outside. He says that, 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 that we're family, that you've been brought in, you've been adopted and members together of one body, that, that you're unified together. You're not on the outside, that you're not just kind of like this, this other group of people, but you are, t- you are unified together in one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. So even if you're feeling on the outside, even if you feel like there's no way that this all applies to you, that you hear this good news of, of Jesus doing extraordinary things and, and living and, and dying and raising again and, and making a way for his people to, 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 to live an eternal life, that that you're part of that, that that promise is extended to you as well as you seek to follow after God, that this mysterion, the plan laid open, is, is, is a much, much bigger story that, that, changes the, that changes the war, that changes the battle, that gives a different perspective on immediate circumstances. And then Paul says, so my life, right? My story became that, that I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. That Paul, when he's talking about his story, when he's trying to help the, this Ephesian church to, to understand where they fit in the big story of God, he says, let me tell you what God did in me. That in, in, God's, in God's grace that, that he poured out, that, that he redirected my path, that he met me when I was heading in the wrong direction and, and, and put me back together and, and put me on the right path. That Paul says, this is my, my one-sentence story, especially as it relates to the church in Ephesus. He says, I became a servant of this gospel, this, this big story gospel, this mysterion revealed gospel by the gift of God's grace. It's not because I solved the puzzle, not because I'm so smart, not because I, I've, I've got this all figured out that I'm a step ahead of everybody else, but he said, because God was at work, because God was revealing through the working of his power. Paul says, this is my story. I've gotten so far in life that, that I'm, I'm tired of holding on to the things I've accomplished. I'm tired of, of taking credit for, for things that I've figured out. Paul says, in, in, in light of what Jesus has done and in light of what God has revealed to me, I'm, I'm recognizing that, that, that what God's doing is, is a work of his alone and not something that I've accomplished. Because he says in verse 8, although I am less than the least of all of, God, of, of the Lord's people, this grace was given to me. He says this, this opportunity, this invitation was given to me that that I have the opportunity to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. So, so Ephesian church, you who are Gentiles, you who are, are being invited in, you who are being adopted in, that, that Paul says that, that my story has come to this moment where I have, have the privilege of, of preaching to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. Understanding that there's all sorts of things. Paul writing from prison, his immediate circumstances are obviously less than ideal. 
But he says, my privilege and my joy is to, is to preach the, the boundless riches of Christ. That, that above all the circumstances, above all the things that have come my way, above all the things that, that are less than ideal, that, that I've had to walk through, that, that Christ, that Christ is, is my joy. The, the, the message and the story of Jesus is, is my mission. And it's the boundless riches of him. He says, to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, to, to tell as many people as possible what, what, the, what the story of, of Jesus really is, that, that it's a bigger story, that which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Paul says that, that God stepped into my story, that it wasn't just for Paul's benefit, that the story that, that God was writing in Paul's life, the, the, the call that God was placing on him, the, the things that he was revealing to Paul weren't just simply things that, that he was supposed to take hold of and say, look how connected I am with God. Look what, look what God's doing as he's, as he's drawing me to himself and teaching me things that, that other people don't yet see, that there's this revelation that's happening, that, that God is doing this work in me. He's transforming the way I see the world around me, that he's helping me see the big story. But what Paul's saying is that that it wasn't just for me, but his, his story, the work that God had done in him was so that he could reveal himself through Paul. And this is a hard-fought insight for Paul, right? This is a, this is a thing that, that doesn't come naturally to him. This is, this is Paul who, 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 who at the early part of his, his life spent a lot of time deciding who was in and out and, 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 and stamping out anything that didn't seem to fit in with what his view of what, what pe- the people of God looked like. It's a hard-fought insight for Paul. This is a hard-fought insight for us because we have to learn that it's not just about us. Right? That, that God can do things in us, that, that God can do things in our story and, 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 and do things that, 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 that change the way that we're able to live, but, but it's not just about us. Because Paul says this in verse 10, his intent was now through the church, um, that, that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, God has had a plan. In other words, God's plan is maybe bigger than, than what any of us could perceive. But then he says, but, but church in Ephesus, you are the church. Right? So he says through, through his church, that through the church, that, that God would reveal the, the, this, this big story, the, the, the mission of God, that, that the context in which the plan plays out is the church. So Paul says, you may be experiencing persecution. You may be experiencing chaos and loss of relationship. And you may be paying a price for what you're doing as you, as you gather together as followers of Jesus. But, but it's not just that you're enduring. But it's that, it's that this is the context in which the plan that God is laying out to, that, that changes everything is happening in the church. That it's more than just an invitation. That it's, that it's our calling as, as the people of God. It's our purpose as the people of God. And so in some ways you could read this as Paul is writing as he's, as he's in prison and all the urgency that comes with that, that, that in some ways he's saying, so church, if this is the way the plan plays out, if this is how God is revealing his plan, then, then there is no need to play it safe. Right? It's not just that you see your story differently, but, but you see what's in front of you differently. And, and, and the things that, that seem big, you realize how small they are because what God is doing is so big. Trying to restore a sense of scale, trying to help them understand the sense of purpose. It says, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. It says that we approach him not on our strength, right? Not because we have figured out how to perfect our story, not because we've figured out how to maybe even minimize the, the tough parts of our story, not based on our ability, not based on, on what we have done. He says, in him and through faith in him. 
we may approach God. So, so the relationship that we have with God, as we're talking mission and the story and, and the way that we connect and, and scale and scope and all those kinds of things, that it comes down to recognizing that, that in Christ and through our faith in him that we can approach God, not in fear and trembling, not in hoping that we can get through, hoping that we can kind of like do enough good to, to balance the scales in our favor, but, but with freedom and with confidence. Right? What a beautiful statement. When we think about the way we've walked when we think about the way we typically understand our stories, when we think about the way that, that we typically imagine what standing before God would actually look like. This shows up in our prayers. It shows up maybe in our worship. It shows up in, in the choices that we make and the way we live our lives and, and what we imagine about what comes, hap- comes after this life. That we can approach God with freedom and confidence because we see the big story, right? Paul's saying when we, when we, when we can understand the way that these, all, these pieces all fit together, when we can understand the big story, this redemptive, redemption story that God was writing through Jesus Christ for us in him and through faith in him, that it plays out practically, right, in the way that we relate. It plays out in the way that, that we operate as the church and the boldness that we have and the, and the way that we move forward, that we, the way we see purpose. But he says it also plays out practically in the way that we approach God plays out practically in the kinds of prayers that we pray. It plays out practically in, in the way that we imagine what happens next with freedom and confidence. This is what the, the, this comes in the, in the power of seeing the big story. And so then there's the therefore. Paul says, I ask you therefore not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are, for, which are your glory. He says, so don't lose heart just because this fragment in the story doesn't make sense. Don't lose heart just because you see me experiencing things that, that you think someone who, who is a follower of Jesus, who, is, who, who God has used to, to do some, some pretty great things, don't, don't lose heart because you see these things happening to me. He says, don't be discouraged because I'm in prison. Don't be discouraged because you've seen me suffer. These are for your glory. Don't, don't, don't lose heart just because this fragment of the story seems hopeless. Paul says there is the immediate, right? There's the, the clouds that have settled in on the, on the road that, that you can't see the big things, you can't see the mountains, all those things. He said, don't lose heart just because this, this specific fragment of the story, right? we, we're living in fragments, don't lose heart just because this fragment of the story seems hopeless. It's because there's a much bigger story and it's, and it's for our good, it's, it's for our glory. And so we have... Right? How do we live this out? What does this look like for us to, to have some, some declarative statements that, that, be, that, are, that are corrective and helping us understand the way that, that we can live, the kind of way that, that we can live in response to this? The first would be that we have connection, right? that we have connection. There's a lie that, that tells us that we're walking alone. There's a lie that tells us that, that what we're experiencing has never been experienced before, that, that we have this, this unique experience that, that maybe God doesn't even know what to do with. But our stories, our lives are connected, right, to this, this much bigger story that, that we can understand historically that, that what God did, God does. So we can read scripture and we can be encouraged, not just because historically God did things, that, that, that God drew people together, that, that he healed and, and unified and, and, di- and did his work in and through people's lives, but it's not just that he did, but that he does, right? It's the same God consistently that, that there's a connection to, to the stories that we read in scripture, that God did and that God does, that, that we have connection relationally, that, that our stories aren't just, aren't just my story, right? that our stories can impact 
and encourage other people along the way, that we can come together and we can take the pieces that, that, are, that are our story and, and we can look at that and we say that, that, that maybe this fragment of my story, if we just think of it in fragments, we take this piece of our story and, it, and it's not just for me, it's, for, it's maybe for somebody else, that maybe what we're walking through, the things that we're experiencing are to prepare us to walk with someone else right, through something similar. We have connection. We have a historical, relational, a human connection to, to recognize that the stories we see in, the, in Scripture, the, the stories that we read in the Bible are, are stories of God working through people. And people are like us, that there is a human connection to the story. We have purpose. All right, we have purpose that, that our lives are not, are not just meaningless fragments, that, that we can move as we, as we take hold of this particular declarative statement that, that we have purpose. We can maybe turn it in our own devotional and reflection time that, that we say that, that, that I have purpose, that, that we move from meaningless fragments to a part of the big story, right? that we can see things differently, that, that we can see moments and we can see circumstances, ideal or not ideal, and, and all those kinds of things, and we can see that not just as meaningless fragments that, that we're trying to make sense of, but, but pieces and, and parts of, of a big story. Because three, we have a big story, right? that we have a big story, that, that we're part of a big story, that, that when these things start to operate together in our lives, that, that we get a glimpse of, of God on mission, which should give us confidence because when we maybe like have, have thought in other seasons or if we don't get this right, we, we see God in judgment or we see God in, in opposition to humanity that, that when we see the big story, the big redemption story that God has been writing all along, that we get a glimpse of God on mission, which gives us a sense of freedom. that gives us confidence as we, as we think about how we approach him because we can see that, 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 that this big story that's played across time and around the world, that, that's a story of, of redemption, and we can see things more accurately, that we can, we can make sense of the stories and the, and the little moments along the way and the things that we're facing in, in light of this God who's on mission, who loves us so much that, that he sent his son right, to make a way for us because the story is a story of redemption. It's a story of restoration of relationship. It's a story of a way being made for us, taking the fragments of our lives, the, the mess of our lives, and, 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 and binding it together and, and transforming all of that into a story that, that glorifies God as, as he shines through our lives. And so it may be this morning that some of us have, have lost that sense of connection, right? that we, we struggle to make the connection between what God did and what, what God continues to do, or we, we've, we've lost the relational connection, or maybe we've lost this, this idea that that God works through people like us because we've convinced ourselves for some reason that, that maybe we're not the kind of people that God cares about. We're not the kind of people that God works through. To take hold of, of what's true, even as the whispers are coming along the way saying that we don't measure up or that God might not care about us in the way that he cares about others. To take hold of that connection. Maybe for some of us, it's the purpose question. That there are things that we're facing. There's circumstances of our lives. There's moments maybe that, that happened a long, long time ago, but we, we still hold on to them because we can't seem to make them fit into a story that, that makes sense in any other way except that's, that's a defeated way of seeing our lives. That maybe we've experienced our life or we are experiencing life in fragments as a, as a disconnected set of circumstances and, and not part of a big story that God is trying to write through our lives. Or it could be that, that it's, a, it's a question of scale. That for, for us, when we look at our lives, when we look at the moments in our lives, that, that we've lost the, our sense of scale. 
this morning is an invitation to take all of that, whether that's the, the fragments that we've been trying to make sense of, and we, and we take those and we place those before God and say, God, I can't make sense of all this, but you, but you can. Or maybe it's for some of us, it's, it's, the, it's the connection, or maybe it's the scale. It's saying, look, this thing is so big in my life. It's, 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 it's taken on a, a, a disproportionate amount of, 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 of space in my story. We take all of that and we say, God, would you just help me make sense of this? God, would you help give me a glimpse of, of, of you at work, the, the big story that you're writing, the connected, purposeful, appropriately scaled understanding of our stories to recognize that, that we're part of a big story. And I think what we're going to find is we take all of those pieces and whatever it is, those layers that, that we're looking for, the, the, the tensions that we're trying to solve, I think what we're going to find is that what we've been looking for, right? the answer that makes it make sense, the, the, the piece that makes the story fit together for us, what we're going to find, is, as Paul found, is that as, when he actually understood his story, that what he had been seeking had actually been seeking him all along. Right? God doing what God does.